It's just after 6 o'clock in the big city. It's time for America's favorite Las Vegas sports show, Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson. <laughs> yeah, what up? Party's going on. Duh. Going to a party. Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson is brought to you by Hannah Shea Boyle and Rappaputi. Trial lawyers that get results. Steiner's Pub, a true Nevada-style pub. Preventative Diagnostic Center. Rob Ritchie, Farmers Insurance. So get ready, because Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson starts now. Now. Uh, KT, Friday football fiasco, baby. Lots going on. I mean, in the world of sports, it's absolutely bizarre. Just trying to pay attention to all this college basketball. Got football right here in our backyard coming up in a little bit. And uh, a big weekend of football, college football. Going to get into that with uh, three special guests, of course, on Friday football fiasco. My good man, Megalox, will join me at 625. And then in hour number two, we'll go right to John Cole, BCCS Sports. We close with Sisow, Jonathan Sisowski, as a Sis- Sisler Collegiate is actually his site over there on X. Does a great job on all the college sports, college basketball, college football. But uh, really looking forward to a big weekend. And, of course, it is Veterans Day, or at least it's being celebrated today here in the Vegas Valley. Tomorrow is actually Veterans Day. I'll be at a parade uh, tomorrow in the morning. Looking forward to that. And then, of course, uh, you know, tons of college football all day long. But being a veteran myself, KT, serving back in the early 80s, for the love of God, way back when on an aircraft carrier, USS Ranger, they called it the Danger Ranger, CV-61, uh, became the sportscaster on that aircraft carrier. And, uh, you know, rest is kind of history there. Got into something that at least I know a little bit of something about, which my old man said, KT, you're going to be working your ass off the rest of your life. You better do something you enjoy and something you, you know a little bit about. And, well, Trans, uh, transition right into uh, Sports Talk Radio. So good stuff over here in Vegas. Been in Vegas now for 23 years. Really enjoy it. Was in SoCal there back in the Navy days. Uh, stationed in a beautiful area, Coronado, uh, North Island, they call it over there, where the aircraft carriers go. Most of the uh, frigates and destroyers and those ships are over on 32nd Street in San Diego. But, uh, yeah, Veterans Day, very special day for KT. And uh, always have fun with Chicago Bill, old school Chicago Bill, an Army guy, so we always go back and forth with the Navy Army. And then, of course, Noah Parker, good friend of mine, and several others, Marines and uh, Marine uh birthday i believe today as well so uh semper fi god bless all of you that served and uh and for those that have relatives that may have lost their lives and paid the ultimate price you know we are very very blessed and that's why we have memorial day so that we can commemorate them not once but twice during the year and throughout the years and we've got to be very thankful here in this country that we have people that continue to serve and for all those that are serving now thank you appreciate you big time All right, going to rock and roll. PSBR Law Studios is where we're at Mondays, Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays. Of course, Wednesday night at Steiner's Pub, 1750 North Buffalo. But Panache, Boyle, and Rabaputi, the best in personal injury for a long time in Southern California. Year number four here in the Vegas Valley, over $4.5 billion in verdicts and settlements the last five years for their clients. Hashtag strength by your side, the relentless pursuit of justice. Panache, Boyle, Rabaputi, go to PSBRlaw.com. You can check out all about a prestigious law firm led by Brian Panish, my good pal, of course, senior partner. It is uh, Panache, Boyle, and Rabaputi. You know the 702 for Vegas, 830-9353. Jot it down. You may need personal injury help in the future. 830-9353-830-9353. All right, let's get the uh, show rolling. Let's uh, first, before we uh, 
get going. Let's introduce who's going to be the man running all the uh, phone calls and making sure everything's connected right and taken care of. He is my producer, Mark Hoke. Mark Hoke show, of course, Sunday mornings, 8 a.m. to 10 a.m., the best in professional wrestling. Mr. Hoke, how are you on this Friday night? I am Bison, Nittany, Lion, Eagle, happy, Ken. <laughs> That's good. I like that you're still representing the Bison. Man, you bet I am. Yeah, you're darn right. You can't, what, I, what can you do? You graduated there. Or did you graduate? Yeah, we, we had, um, well, yeah, but the thing is, Ken, you know, you're busting on my Bison, but, you know, I'm, I'm always going to be proud of my team. That's right. Always. That's right. Man, I didn't sit out in Dakota Field freezing my butt off to just give up on them because they have a year. Yeah, but now, yeah, but now you can go in the nice, warm confines of the Fargo Dome. You know, you know the Fargo That's you Dome. You lost your edge, man. That's it. Oh, stop, Ken! That was the <laughs> place opened in '93. I was there for the first game. Where are you? You want to hear a fast, fast story about about the Fargo Dome? Opening? Go for it. So at Dakota Field, if you go back and you look at the old pictures, the student section was wooden bleachers, right? So whenever there was a third down, we would kick back on the wood. And you'd hear this thump, 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 you know, like the like a, a herd was coming at you. We go into the Fargo Dome, third down comes up, and all of us just kicked back, and you could just hear a bunch of us like, ah, because it was pure concrete back there. And we're like, oh my God, what do we do? What do we do? We lost our, we can't make what do you the noise anymore. You get a walking boot for everybody that was well, there. Well, that, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it was just funny because we, we had to figure out other ways to make noise, you know? And it was, but it was, that was a bizarre moment. But yeah, I, I, I think I still have the hanky flying around from the opening day. There you go. Good stuff. No, and they are a great program for years and years. It's always fun having a little bit of internal conflict right here with KT. And of course, the Jackrabbits, I got connected with them through Scott Nagy, who was the basketball coach. Used to get him on the show all the time, followed the summit. And uh, then I connected with their SID Sports Information Director. Next thing you know, uh, the guy came out here and visited, uh, brought me a really nice, you know, I wore it last night, a polo, a South Dakota State Jackrabbits polo. And faded some other things. Tattered. <laughs> it looks nice, man. It looks good. Yeah, you, I know you're jealous. Why don't you get Coach Richmond on the show? I'll see if I could get you on. Get, get Coach Richmond on the show. He's he's done a hell of a job up there, man, with the basketball team. Yep, really has. So, yeah, you ought to you ought to talk to NDSU and uh, get Coach Entz and Coach Richmond on, and you know a lot of other people up there too. Yep, we will uh, we will do it as we're getting into college basketball. Some big games tonight: Duke and Arizona. Cameron Crazy's going nuts, and that was a nip and tuck game. So I'll get to a bunch of scores and. We'll get rolling, and uh, let's do it right now. Let's get the Friday football fiasco rolling, Mr. Hoke. Now, the starting five, number one. All right, now I haven't uh, read in on all this stuff, but this is uh, big time. Big Ten banning Jim Harbaugh. Right now, from what I understand, it's, you know, uh, indefinite. I mean, they have not come up with an exact time for him to be back on the sidelines. In a a 13-page letter to the University of Michigan, Big Ten details their actions. Meanwhile, Michigan says they're going to take the fight to court, but because it's Veterans Day being celebrated over there in Michigan, they may not be able to get an injunction or whatever they're looking for uh, in order to have Harbaugh on the sidelines tomorrow in Happy Valley. So I would think that he will not be on the sidelines and said unless they uh, just say, you know what? Screw it. We're going to do what we want. We've broken the rules already this many times. Might as well go for it. And look, innocent until proven guilty. But I would think for the Big Ten to step in 
when you have an undefeated team, a team that right now is sitting at number three in the college football playoff rankings, you are not going to uh, put something like this down unless you have sufficient evidence. Now, they said uh, right now they do not have anything to directly correlate Harbaugh to this uh, sign stealing that's been going on. But in the Big Ten playbook, as far as for the coaches, for the chancellors, for everybody there, it says the coach is responsible for the actions that are going down from his team. So, you know, it's like the ship. You know, you're the captain, you're responsible. You're supposed to be the last guy off, not like the Titanic where the guy jumped the ship early and left everybody else there, didn't go down with the ship. Right now, we'll see what happens. Look, I think it sucks. Michigan's got a great team. Like I said, my best-case scenario is for Penn State to kick their ass tomorrow, and we don't have to worry about them for a while, and they can take as long as they want to kind of figure this stuff out. But we'll see how it all plays out. Right now, it looks like Jim Harbaugh will not be on the sidelines, at least tomorrow, in Happy Valley against Penn State. Number two. All right, uh, Yarmir Yager's number, 68 going to be retired by the Pittsburgh Penguins. I always liked Yarmir Yager. I just thought that guy, you know what? He came to play. Always, he never looked like he was in the greatest of shape. But my goodness, man, you get that guy. He kind of reminded me of an old school Phil Esposito. I mean, big guy camped out there somewhere within the vicinity of the goal. And you know, if the puck hit his stick, it was either going right in or somebody was going to get a, uh, you know, a a deflection or something, it was going on target. Yarger was that good. And uh, number 68, what a weird number to be retired. But you know what is what it is. We saw Gretzky break in with 99. Yarmir Yager, number 68. Penguins will do that, I believe, in February. Number three. All right, how about this? A little change of pace here in Nevada, in the Vegas Valley. UNLV men's soccer. Yes, men's soccer. Can you believe it? Yes, they are playing tomorrow for the WAC title against Cal Baptist. They were the number four seed in the WAC, but they upset the number one seed, Seattle University, in overtime to get to this finale. That is big time. Now, tickets are on sale right now, and uh, you can go right there to UNLVTickets.com. But here's the caveat for KT, who's a veteran. In honor of Veterans Day, which will actually be tomorrow, all veterans get free admission. So get out there and support this Rebels men's soccer team. Uh, it will be kickoff is set for 1 p.m. And I know there's a ton of college soccer, I mean a ton of college football and all, but you know what? You can follow that on your phone. Take this game in. What a job by the Rebs. They were the four seed going into the tournament, but they're playing Cal Baptist for the championship tomorrow. And that will be at Peter uh, Johan Memorial Field right there on the campus of UNLV and uh, looking forward to that kickoff set for 1 o'clock. So that is huge. Number four. All right, let's stay in the Vegas Valley. What do we got going on tonight? Well, we got three things going on tonight as far as the Vegas Valley. Vegas Golden Knights, they're at home, T-Mobile against the Sharks. They'll drop the puck in about eh, about 50 minutes from now, 5-0, 50 minutes from now. UNLV Ladies. They are at Cox Pavilion, 6.30 tip-off, so about 13, 14 minutes from now against College of Charleston. And then the big one, 
going on at Allegiant Stadium, 745. KT's taking off from here. He's jamming over to Allegiant Stadium. Looking forward to that. Going to take it in as a fan, not use the media pass, and just kind of enjoy myself on a Friday night. But uh, it's a big game and a lot of movement on the line. They're playing Wyoming and Craig Bolton. We know he's a solid coach, but that line was five and a half UNLV, up to six some places, and then all of a sudden went down to three. We searched for any injuries that might have changed the line. We don't see anything. I don't know. But we always respect whenever a line moves, especially in Vegas, on Vegas games. Just FYI. All that said, I hope UNLV pummels them. Look, nothing against the Pokes. They're a good team. But what Barry Odom's doing is special. Let's get that eighth win tonight at Allegiant Stadium. Let's go Lady Rebs. Get to 2-0. Lindy LaRock and the gals. And, uh, of course, UNLV men's soccer tomorrow. And, of course, VGK San Jose. Now, remember the Sharks. I gave the hoaxer a lot of crap. But what did I tell you about streaks? They get to eight or more and they're broken. Same result happens more times than not. How about the San Jose Sharks? They won their next game, right? They were plus 320 against Edmonton last night. And they beat the Oilers to get two in a row. And now they will uh, get crushed tonight over at T-Mobile because the Golden Knights have dropped two in a row, and they're not going to have any more of that. Number five. And number five is just, you know what? It is College Basketball Central, baby. It is. This is the show. If you want to follow College Basketball KT will be all over it all season long. Now, I know a tough start for the men's team. They're running reps. They'll get back in action tomorrow against Stetson, 4 o'clock tip-off over there at Thomas and Mac. But we've got some big games going on right now, and I'm going to try and see if I can get an update. Here we go. 78-73 Arizona, showing just a few seconds to go. So I'm hoping Arizona takes care of business there. I enjoy watching the Cats. Tommy Lloyd doing a nice job transitioning from Gonzaga. And, of course, my good buddy Brian Jeffries in his 35th year now calling Wildcats games. And I met him back there when he was in year number one. So that is huge. Arizona Duke, that highlights a big schedule. A lot of big games tonight. But uh, we're going to follow college basketball, and I thought that'll be the way to uh, transition from college basketball to college football and then back again. We stay up on the college sports here big time on SportsX Radio. We love our pro sports but we really enjoy college football, college basketball at a very high level. And that is a look at the starting five. And uh, let me go to some of these scores real quick, and then I'll take a break so I could get back with Megalox. Uh, the first of the two football games, because Wyoming, UNLV, again, they'll kick off at 745. SMU at home against North Texas. Brad liked North Texas. I wasn't so sure. I couldn't go against the Ponies. They went off minus 21, 67-year total. Uh, Mustangs already got an early touchdown in the first three minutes and 30 seconds. So that game, 7 nothing. SMU, first quarter against North Texas, the Mean Green. Meanwhile, NBA Sixers were struggling in the Motor City, but no more. Mark Hoke's team's going to win another one. On the hardwood, they lead the Pistons 107-92. to Chris Wynn going down in flames in this one. Uh, 314 left in the fourth quarter. Meanwhile, the Hornets and the Wizards. How about Charlotte with a five-point lead? 205 to go. Three-point dogs, 116-111. Celtics and the Nets. Uh, Celtics, 11.5-point favorites. Had 12-point lead at halftime. It's down to 9. 107 to go third quarter, 89-80. Celtics lead it. At the half, T-Wolves lead the Spurs 56-54 at the half. Jazz, 76-63 leading 
the Memphis Grizzlies high-scoring half there. Rockets 54-48 on top of the Pelicans at the half. And in the second quarter, Mavs now in front of the Clippers 39-30. Make it 45-35 with 8.14 to go in that first half. Two games coming up later. Thunder and Kings from Sacktown. It is uh, OKC, a one-and-a-half point road favorite, 231-and-a-half. And the Lakers and Suns from Phoenix. Phoenix is a two-point favorite, total 225. And that is it. That is a look at uh, what I'm going to give you now. I'll duck in some more college basketball scores throughout the night. I'll pick out some of the bigger ones because uh, there is a <laughs> just a plethora of games. And if I did that, we wouldn't have any time for any of the guys on the Friday football fiasco. So we take a break. We come back. SportsX Radio 101.5 FMK Dome. We stream live on that Odyssey app. If you haven't downloaded the free app, it is worldwide and it is outstanding. It has a rewind feature. You can go back. You miss any part of SportsX Radio or the Mark Oak Show or any other show that you like right here on KDON or any of the other stations there uh, that the Odyssey app covers. You can go use that rewind feature uh, right after the shows are over and listen to the shows in their entirety. It is outstanding. Download it now. A-U-D-A-C-Y. Live from Vegas, PSBR Law Studios, you're listening to Ken Thompson and SportsX Radio on a Friday football fiasco. Coming right back with Megalox. Little Metallica coming back. Mark Hoke spinning the hits. For whom the bell tolls, baby. I'm telling you, just uh, some good rock and roll here. Getting ready to rock and roll a Friday night. And Megalox joining me north of the border. A bunch of injuries as far as college football. And I'll comment on a bunch. Weather, again, you've got a bunch of uh, games that you're going to have some rain. Now, the only ones that are going to have wind and rain, Utah and Washington, still at 22-mile-an-hour winds, 94%. Chance of rain tomorrow in Seattle for Utah and the Huskies up there. Uh, But that's really the only one, wind and rain. You're going to get 23-mile-per-hour winds, Hawaii and Air Force. Uh, Everything else is going to be 10 miles per hour or less if it involves wind and rain. So I'll touch on some of those before we get out of here, and I'll give you all of KT's plays as well, college and pro. And, of course, Brad and I uh, bucking heads on three college games last night and one pro game before he got out of here. Uh, Megalox. I don't usually bump two heads too many times, but usually him and Powers, they, they team up on one of them. So I'll see in this uh, little 10-pack that I got from Megalox, we'll go five and take a break and do another five. But we'll see if him and Powers had that, uh, that, you know, that chaos call, uh, the old get smart to chief call, you know, like in, in the cone of silence. They wouldn't let old Thompson in on it. So we'll, we'll have to see what that play is. I'll have to figure it out and see if I can decipher it. But it is great to have Chris Wierenski, my good buddy. He is Megalox, megalox.co, not .com, .co, because, of course, north of the border. Chris Wierenski, Megalox, how are you, my brother? All right, uh, so we've got Kansas and Texas Tech is the first game. And uh, let me see. I'm just trying to cruise on down there so I can line up uh, the lines here and make sure I have everything for you. Uh, to, 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 here we go. I uh, wanted to make sure it didn't move. Uh, right now, Kansas, a three-and-a-half-point home favorite, 62 the total. And I'll tell you what, I really enjoy Jason Bean. And I, you know, 
Brad and I talked about it last night. Uh, the offensive coordinator there for Kansas has more moving pieces than anybody at any level of football that I've ever seen, and I think it's a lot of fun, and I love what Lance Leipold is doing over there, transitioning from Buffalo. He's got that winning attitude, and a lot of people thought when Jalen Daniels went down that it was going to be a long year for Kansas, but when you have Devin Neal and Daniel Hyshaw, that is an outstanding combination in the backfield, and the receivers are good enough. They're not great, but they're all adequate, and they all do their job, and then the defense is good enough as well. Uh, Yeah, they got blown out by Texas, 40-14, 40-14, to 14. but other than that, this team has been right there, and they've taken advantage of some games, including last week in Ames. Cost me some money, but I still watch the game because they're fun to watch. Absolutely, yeah. Oh, yeah, I was on the Iowa State side last week as well, so that was uh, a little painful, but um, I have to say Kansas has been really good uh, this year, and like you said, the offense is – I don't know why more teams can't sort of – I know it's they got good coaching, but more teams incorporating a little bit more motion, a little more creativity. It's kind of a, uh, an equalizer, right, because Kansas is still in the thick of the uh, Big 12 chase. But they've been undefeated at home, uh, and their only two losses all year, Kansas, have been at Texas and at Oklahoma State, which could be a Big 12 title game preview. Um, Texas Tech, uh, there's something missing there. I mean, there are four wins, Tarleton State, Baylor – Houston, uh, TCU. Now, I know they've won 15 of the last 16 they played against Kansas, but I, I have Kansas around minus six as a fair line, and I think they're the much better team, so I'm going to roll with the Jayhawks. Yeah, I do too. I have Kansas. I played Kansas. In fact, uh, Brad took Texas Tech. I took Kansas. But the one thing I will say, the one caveat there, Megalox, let's go back to yeah. week two, September 9th, and Texas Tech at home in Lubbock after blowing a lead uh, 17 nothing. I think they led in Laramie in their opener at Wyoming. They go home, and they've got Oregon on the ropes. I mean, they have them down. The Ducks come back, and they get a one-point lead with about a little over a minute to go. And then they get the pick six, Oregon does. So not only do they come back and win a game they probably should have lost, but they cover the line. And I think because they got that late touchdown, and they won 38-30 and covered, not a lot of people talk about that game, but they should have lost that game. Yeah, well, I mean, I can't disagree. You know, it's... That's probably, if I had to look back, let's say, you know, three to five most, um, you know, unlikely type of games that you'd look back on, you still can't figure out. That that Texas Tech-Oregon game is still one that I can't figure out because I really am high on Oregon, particularly now. Um, and so we can get into that later if you want. But, I, yeah, that game, I'm, I still don't really have an answer for you there, Ken, other than it was early in the year. But, I mean, Oregon's absolutely played great in every other game than, than that one. And Lubbock maybe had uh, something to do with that. There you go. All right, let's uh, go to Columbia, Missouri. And uh, again, Mizzou, Brad and I talked about it. Drinkwitz, his team playing better against Georgia the last two years than anybody else from the SEC. I mean, Georgia hasn't lost a game, but Missouri tooth and nail and had a chance to win both games. And this one in between the hedges last week, I know it ends up a nine-point decision, but they're right there, had a chance to win that game as well. And I just like the way that Mizzou plays. I know they make uh, mistakes here and there, but they're at home now. And it's going to be tough because it was a very physical game to get back up off the mat after Tennessee basically had a bye by blowing out Connecticut. Uh, Tennessee on the road, up to a two-and-a-half point favorite, 58-and-a-half. What about Joe Milton the third and company? You think they get it done at Mizzou? Or can Brady Cook uh, rally the troops and Mizzou take care of business in Columbia? Uh, we know they were uh, able to beat Kansas State there on a the last-second field goal. But I like this Missouri team, and I know they're a little bit banged up. Uh, they're their top receiver is uh, banged up, and that that's that's not good because 
you need all hands on deck. But as far as for Mizzou, Luther Burden the third, he's questionable still. But, I mean, you're talking about a guy that has 64 receptions, 958 yards, and seven touchdowns. What about it? Who do you like in this one? Yeah, Burden, he's uh, yeah, he's questionable. I don't know. I mean, he really – he's the guy that kind of opens up the offense. So if he doesn't play, which, I mean, I can't imagine he'd be at 100% given that injury, that's definitely going to hurt them. But, I mean, Tennessee – as far as Tennessee goes, I like them in this game, and I think it's hard to get that Florida game out of your head, right? But, I mean – They've been really good lately, beating Texas A&M. Uh, they outgame Alabama, outgained Alabama and lost, um, but they had the big lead at the half. Um, they beat Kentucky on the road. So, I mean, they're playing really good. Um, 230 yards rushing or more in five of their last six games. And you have to think Missouri's going to have a bit of a letdown after last week. And like you said, uh, playing a physical Georgia team. So I'm going to roll with the uh, volunteers. There you go. All right. Meanwhile, uh, Jabari Small. Uh, he missed last game against Connecticut. They didn't need him, but he is probable for this one. He's the number two rusher, of course, behind Jalen right there for the Volunteers. So that's good news, too, if you have Tennessee. All right, let's uh, drop on back. Hold on one second. I want to make sure I stay right with it. Okay, there we go. Bama and Kentucky. Mm, I'll tell you, Bama really clamped down on LSU last week in that second half. And, you know, Daniels got banged up and, they just couldn't get their offense going like they did in the first half, uh, the Tigers. And give Bama credit. They made the adjustments. And outside of that you know, that early loss to Texas, they've been good enough. They had a tough go of it at A&M right there. They beat Arkansas by three, but they were up by you know a few scores in that game and let the Hogs come back, make it look closer. They played a lousy first half against Tennessee, but really played a solid second half. And then against LSU, they had trouble stopping them at all in the first half last week in Tuscaloosa, but then we're able to clamp down, make some stops, and uh, you know pull away and win it by a couple touchdowns. Now you go to Kentucky. It's a Kentucky team that you're just not overly impressed by their offense. I, I mean, they're, yeah, they're at home. I know Stoops keeps them in games, and sometimes in games that you look on paper and don't think they're going to be able to be in, but I don't know if this Kentucky team can hang. Uh, Devin Leary's banged up. If, if he can't go, uh, Sharon has to go there. Ray Davis is ready to run the ball. And that, to me, is the way they'll have to win this game. They're going to have to muck it up, and Davis is going to have to have a big game on the ground. They're going to have to win it on the trenches. And there is you know, some uh, positivity there as far as when you look at Alabama in the trenches they're having trouble protecting their quarterback. They have 29 sacks, but they've given up 37 sacks. That is amazing. This point of the year, Brad and I talked about it, to, for an Alabama team to give up eight more sacks than they've gotten. That's, uh, that's hard to fathom. All said and done, who do you like? Yeah, there's no doubt about that. I think um, I'm going to go to your point about Kentucky and on the lines and having to muck it up. This Kentucky team cannot do that. I mean, they got Leary... And I know, you know, they've got some, you know, good rushing performances this year, but really, I mean, he's been, Leary's been pretty disappointing. He's been inaccurate. The receivers have had the drops. I don't think they're going to be able to run on Alabama. So, I mean, I'll take the matchup of Alabama versus Leary as far as their secondary goes. And the uh, Alabama offense, yeah, they've given up a lot of sacks, but I mean, they're, they're starting, Kentucky doesn't have much of a pass rush. And I think Milrow is, continues to be underrated. Bama's played the number one toughest schedule and Kentucky's wins, uh, they're, they're, they're awful. Ball State, Eastern Kentucky, Akron, I mean, teams like that. So I, I think Roll Tide is going to win by two touchdowns or more. Yeah, I, I'm not going to disagree. I'm not going to get in the way of Bama right now because 
they know they control their own destiny as far as the western half of the uh, SEC and a chance potentially uh, to go back at it with Georgia. We'll wait and see how it pans out because Ole Miss, yeah, they only have one loss, but that one loss was that 24-10 loss to Alabama. All right, Washington and Utah, and again, talked about it. You're going to have rain. You're going to have wind. That, to me, would help Utah. Utah would rely on the running game a little bit more. But Quinton Jackson is banged up. They still have Jalen Glover. And they have Sione Vaki, who stepped in and had that real nice game. But once they had film on him, of course, the, straw, the, the safety. I don't know if he's a strong safety or free safety. But uh, uh, once they had film on Vaki, he got shut down the next game. He's actually listed as a strong safety. So I've got that there. But where are you on this one? Because, you know, Washington, they score, but they've had a clunker or two. And they've gotten away with it. Now, against USC last week, I thought their defense was excellent in the second half of the fourth quarter. They shut down Caleb Williams. They got after him. Uh, They forced the fumble. And a 42-42 game ends up 52-42. Penix Jr. did an okay job, but they ran the ball rough shot, big time. Oregon went into Rice-Eccles and buried Utah. Washington, Oregon, right there down to the final play. I'm I'm thinking you're on the I'm thinking you're on the Huskies, but maybe not. I, tell me what's going on with Whittingham and uh, the weather and uh, Utah because they're going to have to run the ball well if they're going to hang with Washington. Yeah, I'm actually surprised myself with this, and I'm going with the Utes. And uh, Whittingham is one of the best coaches in college football, like in real life and against the spread for one reason is because it never looks good before the game, and right. Uh, and so this one doesn't look great. But I, as far as Washington goes. Their last three games have not been good. They didn't score an offensive touchdown versus Arizona State. They were outgained by Stanford. They only won by nine. And they gave up 500 yards last week to USC. So Utah, I mean, they're just going to find a way on offense. And the weather, absolutely. I mean, that if it, if it favors anyone, to me, it has to favor Utah, given them how much Washington likes to throw the ball. So I'll take the Utes on the points. Yeah, there you go. Right now, sitting at nine, so... Uh, was at nine and a half down to nine and actually I'm seeing eights popping up all over Vegas so a lot of money coming in on the Utes total 49 and a half and we will see if Whittingham can get the guys ready remember Arizona State went up there all right ASU with Dillingham in his first year who transitioned from Oregon and they lost that game I think it was 15 to eight and they actually led the they, yeah, they yeah, led, but late in the game, they late in the game, they had a chance to to kick a field goal, and they decided to go for it, and then that was a pick six, and they just could have kicked the, yep. a chip shot field goal, and and I'm watching this, I'm like, what are you doing? Like, there's aggressive, and then there's just dumb, and so that was the pick six. They went for it, and then that was all she wrote. But yeah. uh, they didn't score an offensive touchdown, Ken. I agree, and it's they they outscored them twelve nothing in the second half. Go back, Washington in that game, thirteen carries for thirteen yards. Penix Jr. threw for 275, no touchdowns and two interceptions. So Utah's defense we know is better. Uh, they've got playmakers on both sides of the ball. Again, they're shorthanded, but they've got an excellent secondary. And Jonah Ellis is a beast, to say the least. So uh, we'll see how that game transitions. Uh, get one more real quick, and then we'll go to break and come back for the second five. But this one has Fresno State, San Jose State, little Mountain West tri- uh, twist. Uh, Jeff Tedford, of course, the veteran coach, and uh, Brent Brennan in his seventh year there with the Spartans. And San Jose State has won and covered three in a row. And I just have a feeling with them coming off the bye that they're going to be ready uh, with Cordero. I I have San Jose State to win this game. It was one of my uh, early plays in the week. I got them plus points. Now I think they're minus a point 
Uh, but nonetheless, it's a it's a San Jose San Jose State team that should be able to score some points. In fact, yeah, now they're minus two and a half, fifty three and a half. So I'm saying, if you like San Jose State, you better bet it now because that may go to a field goal before kickoff. Where are you, Meg? Yeah, well, I'm, I'm with you. Uh, getting a little action earlier in the week, but I mean. I, I hate to say this, but San Jose State and maybe even UNLV might be playing the best football in the Mountain West. And I know Air Force is there, but I mean San Jose San Jose State is playing a lot better. They're off the bye, and Fresno's won their last three games by five, seven, and seven. Um, I just think it's a great spot for San Jose State, and like I said, I think they're playing as well as anyone in the conference right now. I agree with you 100%. I think they win the game, and of course, uh, I texted Panish, of course, his alma mater, Fresno State, and uh, Brian yep. Panish, the senior partner there at PSBR Law. But I texted him, I said, I'll root for you, BP, but uh, I think the Spartans are going to win the game straight up. And uh, and he gave me the, the wow, you know, and so, uh, but he's, but but he, he's a guy that uh, he realized that San Jose State's off the bye as well. So spot-wise, we look at that as well. We don't always just look at the teams and the statistics and whatnot. You look for uh, spots. And this, right now, the spot definitely favors San Jose State. Fresno State has found a way to win some games at home that they've, uh, been in uh, the one with UNLV, they trailed at the half, and uh, even last week, you know, games that are going back and forth. But we'll wait and see. It should be a good game, and that'll be a seven thirty game. A great way to end on a, a little college football, and then just when you think it's ending, Air Force and Hawaii will start up around halftime of that game. So a full Saturday of college football. Take a break. Come back. Megalox has five more games we're going to go over. Looking forward to those, and they're good ones too. We got Ole Miss, Georgia, USC, Oregon. ODU and Liberty, NC State and Wake Forest, and Wazoo Cal. When we come back, SportsX Radio 101.5 FM, KDON, streaming live on that Odyssey app, live from Vegas. We'll be right back. If you ask me how I'm doing, I would say I'm doing just fine. I would lie and say that you're not on my mind. But I go out and I sit down at a table. Sarah Evans and Gavin DeGraw on a Friday football fiasco. Mark Coke spinning the hits. KT back, PSBR Law Studios, 101.5 FMK. Don streaming live on that Odyssey app with Megalox, a.k.a. Chris Warinski. Uh, real quick, just duck in a couple of these college basketball finals. Arizona did win at Duke, 78-73. Virginia beat Florida, 73-70. Princeton knocks off Hofstra, 74-67. Georgia, 80-77. Beat Wake Forest, Texas A&M. And Buzz Williams get a win over Ohio State, 73-66. And St. Joe's wins and covers against Andy Isco's alma mater, Penn. Beat the Quakers, 69-61. Duck in in some scores there. North Texas has tied SMU, 7-7 on the gridiron. And we get back to college football with my good pal, Megalox. And we'll jump right into Ole Miss in between the hedges against Georgia. And line down to 10.5 was 11 sitting there all week long. And I think this may go down to 10. I'm on Ole Miss. Look, I'm a Jackson Dart guy. I mean, sometimes you have your heart involved a little bit, and you shouldn't do that when it comes to trying to make some money. But I like this Mississippi team, and I know they got beat by 14 against Alabama and couldn't move the ball too well in the second half against the Crimson Tide. Uh, Do you have an update on Bowers? Because I saw that you know they were trying to get him back, but I don't think George is going to rush him back. 
Ten and a half is yeah, the I number. Heard, um, Go ahead. Yeah, sorry, Ken. Um, yeah, I do have, well, I mean, the last I read, which was uh, last night, is that he's, he was running in practice and uh, he's going to dress. That's what I heard. And I can't imagine he's going to play more than like 10 to 15 plays. Um, but I, I didn't really include that as part of my handicap. I mean, I, I, you could say that maybe he provides a motivational spark, their last home game or whatever, but I didn't actually factor that into my handicap at all. But I'm 100% sure, I think, that he's going to be ready to rock and roll for the, uh, for the playoff. Yeah. Oh, no question about championship it. too. Yeah. No question. Well, got to get got to get through that championship. There's no guarantee yeah. they lose this game. There's no guarantee they're going to be you know in the playoff because if they lost the SEC title game and that would give them two losses, they will not be in the playoff. Where are you on this one with Georgia minus ten and a half in between the hedges, fifty eight and a half against Ole Miss? Well, I'm going to have to go against my Ole Miss buddies. Um, I'm going to take George in this one. I mean, they're absolutely rolling on offense. I think this is another another good spot for them at home. Off, uh, they, te- they, they seem to play well when they've been challenged, and Missouri certainly did that to them last week. Ole Miss's D was exposed last week, in my opinion, playing against a crippled quarterback without their uh, um, best wide receiver. They lost their right tackle this week uh, with a foot injury, so he's not in. And the line looks a bit short. I mean, Missouri was catching, what, 15 or so last week. Now Ole Miss only catching 10. I, I put them basically even on a neutral. So I'm going to go with Georgia. Yeah, I can't – you know what? At the end of the day, can't argue with you, especially if Bowers plays at all. And, again, that last game there as well, probably his last game as a Georgia Bulldog. And, uh, you know, there will be several others that will be moving on uh, to the next level. Most of them go to the next level that play for Kirby Smart. All right, USC and Oregon – Southern Cal tied at 42. We talked about Washington getting the last 10 points of that 52-42 win. Meanwhile, Oregon and Bo Nix took them a little bit to get out of the out of the gate there against Cal, but they end up blowing out the Golden Bears at home at Autzen Stadium, and they stay home, and uh, they'll take on Southern Cal. And that line is jumping up as well. And USC, uh, they will have Marshawn Lloyd uh, for the game. He That just came across. He is probable. Uh, but this Oregon team, when they play at Autzen Stadium, yeah, we saw what they did to Colorado. Now, the one thing I will say, and I told Brad, look, it's still a USC offense. I know they've dropped three games. I know the defensive coordinator, Alex Grinch, got fired. Doesn't mean that the defense is going to improve at all. In fact, they just may be running amok. Who knows? But at the end of the day, the offense can still score. So if you're going to give them 16 points, that means Oregon better you know, play uh, a game where they're not turning it over. Also, Bucky Irving is banged up. They're, they're, they're star running back. They'd already lost Whittington. Now, Jordan James is pretty good in his own right. But with that, when they have that tandem of Irving and James, or uh, early on they had Irving, Whittington, and James, I mean, it's unbelievable. They just keep coming at you and, and don't stop. But if Bucky Irving's banged up enough where all the pressure's on James, that helps USC out, maybe not to win the game, but to cover the line. I took SC. Most people I know are probably going to be on the Oregon Ducks. Where are you, Mega? Yeah, I'm going to keep it simple. I'm going with the Ducks. Um, and it's not just their offense. I mean, their defense is playing. It's really underrated. And I love Dan Lanning. Yes, he's, he's ultra-aggressive. You could say it that way. Um, but I really like the head coach. USC just can't get stops, and we all know that. And Oregon's only turned it over four times all year, which is the fewest in all of college football, I think, tied with Penn State. So Oregon's been destroying teams at home, and I just don't see how USC's going to stop them. So I'll just go with the Ducks. Yeah, I can't, can't argue with you. I'm just uh, thinking it's too many points. Like I said, it's up to 16 now, and I'm not saying Oregon doesn't win by even 14. But I'll take the 16 ah. points right now. I well, think you were it's... on fire last November, Ken. I remember it was a November to re- remember for you picking those dogs. So <laughs> yeah, well, you know what? Uh, yeah, it's it, 
It's not been the greatest year, but it's not been a bad year as far as the college football. I like that you pick uh, some uh, off-the-grid games like Liberty and Old Dominion. That's a game you've got up. And somehow, some way, Liberty still undefeated, and they're playing Lynchburg at home. Uh, my sister, Sports X Michelle, working on her uh, PhD at Liberty right now. Liberty minus 13.5, total of 59. Yeah, I'm going to go with Old Dominion here. They're uh, fighting for a bowl game, and an interesting fact about them is they've lost five games, but not a single one of those games has come by more than six points. They lost to Wake by three, Marshall by six, James Madison by three, Coastal by four, and I think all four of those teams are in the same weight class for sure as Liberty, if not better. So I'm going to go with the Monarchs. Yeah, don't don't remind me of the Coastal game because I had Old Dominion last week, and I oh, had them. I, I, yeah, I had a, I had them plus one, and they're winning the whole game. And uh, I knew when Coastal got the ball back, even though they had to go, you know, a long ways, that I was in trouble. And of course, Coastal well, that crazy can... third string quarterback with that long run, right? Incredible. And then they uh, they <laughs> win the game with about thirty five seconds left, or maybe even a little less. It was debilitating for KT. That was just one that I thought I had and didn't get. So you're going to go with Old, Dom- Old Dominion. You think uh, ODU? They're plus thirteen and a half. You give them an outside chance to win the game, Ricky Ronnie's boys. I don't. I don't see why not. Um, I mean, Liberty's already locked in the Conference USA title game, um, and they, their strength of schedule is in the one thirties. So, I don't see why not. I would take the points, obviously, to be safe. But uh, I, I do like them to keep this game competitive. All right. Uh, sorry, I left you two minutes for two games. NC State okay. is uh, at home against Wake Forest, and of course, uh, NC State's made me good money the last couple weeks. In this one, uh, Wake Forest is at home, and NC State is a two-point road favorite, forty-two and a half for the Westgate Superbook. And I have a feeling you're going to be on the home team with Dave Clawson. Am I right? Yes, sir. Um, NC State off two, you know, emotional big big wins. Clemson and Miami, but they were they were outgained big time in both of those games. Uh, they're starting quarterback. He's redshirting, slash hitting the transfer portal. Now you got Brennan Armstrong back, who really can't throw the ball anymore. So home teams won 14 in the last 16. Uh, I like Wake. There you go. All right. So Wake Forest it is, and then Cal in Berkeley. Again, they got. Uh, Beat up pretty good in the second half at Autzen Stadium, but it's a young team with a freshman quarterback that's playing pretty well. Cal is minus two, 59.5 against Jake Dickert, who's in his second year there for Wazoo, and things started out great for the Cougs, but they have struggled of late. Cal minus two, 59.5. Where are you at on that one? I'm going to go with the over here, actually. I'm going to take the total. Um, Cal's allowed 50 points or more in four of their last six games. They can't stop the pass. Washington State, number two passing offense, and yeah, they've struggled, but two of their last three games, the total's gone over 59.5, and, and, and Washington State's defense is absolute trash, too, so I can see this one getting into the 60s. There you go. Good call. I like it. I'm going to play that over. I wasn't on that, but uh, I like it. Mega, good stuff, as always. Megalox.co. Hey, listen, enjoy your weekend. I know you always enjoy your college football, but my best to you and your beautiful wife, and uh, hope to see you guys out here soon. But always enjoy doing the Friday football fiasco with you. We'll talk to you next Friday, bud. Absolutely, Ken. Thanks so much. There you go. Megalox. Megalox.co. Uh, go check his site out. And I'm telling you, this guy puts in a ton of work. I just love him. He's uh, top of the line. All right. Hour number one in the books. John Cole, BCCS Sports, is up first. In hour number two, we close strong with Sisau from Sisler Collegiate. SportsX Radio 101.5 FMK. Doing streaming live on that Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y, PSBR Law Studios in Las Vegas. It's a Friday football fiasco with Ken Thompson. You're listening to SportsX Radio. We'll be right back with hour number two.
Welcome back from halftime. It's just after 7 o'clock in the big city. Time to continue America's favorite Las Vegas sports show. Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson. <laughs> yeah. What up? Party's going on. Duh. Going to a party. Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson is brought to you by Hannah Shade Boyle and Rabapudi. Trial lawyers that get results. Steiner's Pub, a true Nevada style pub. Preventative Diagnostic Center. Rob Ritchie, Farmers Insurance. So get ready because Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson starts now. Now. All right, KT, PSPR Law Studios in Las Vegas, hour number two of a Friday football fiasco. And, uh, of course, uh, my good pal over here, uh, Mark Oak, running the show. And thanks to Megalox, Chris Warinsky. Again, uh, you get a chance to go and check out his site. It is megalox.co, and uh, he weighed in on 10 games like he does on every Friday. I'm paying attention to a lot of this college basketball that's rolling. Oregon State just went overtime and beat Troy 81-80. That game just concluding. Uh, so lots of college hoops going on and uh, trying to pay attention to it. Liberty got a win 71-59, a win and a cover at home against Charlotte. And College of Charleston was a two-point road favorite at Duquesne, but the boys from Pittsburgh were ready 90-72. to The final Duquesne gets the win there. Meanwhile, Michigan at the Chrysler Center, no problem with the Penguins of Youngstown State, 92-62, the final in that one. And... Uh, I'll run down some more scores. Uh, not getting John Cole right now, so uh, wait for uh, John. And uh, we're trying to text, and I even reached out to uh, one of his good buddies and not getting him either. So we'll hope that everything's okay there. And uh, if we don't get uh, John, then I'm going to go over a bunch of the games. I do have a bunch of plays as well, and then I'll give you the games that Brad and I went head-to-head on last night, uh, just a few games. Always have a lot of fun with Brad Powers when he's here. And remember, you miss any part of the show, the archives are always set to roll uh, about 45 minutes after the broadcast. Now, you can use the Rewind feature and not even have to wait that long if you uh, download the free app, Odyssey, A-U-D-A-C-Y. Otherwise, just follow at KenThompson87 or at SportsX Radio, and then I take those uh, archive shows and I pin them right there to both those handles there on X, formerly known as Twitter. All right, uh, let me cruise on over and... Uh, Get back up top to the scores. 14-7 SMU leading North Texas, 12.45 to go in the first half. Remember, Wyoming and UNLV at Allegiant Stadium. That'll kick off in about 40 minutes from now. And right now, the Rebs minus three, total of 48.5. One other game has Grambling and Arkansas Pine Bluff, an FCS game. Uh, 13-7 Grambling leading with 11 minutes to go in the half. And uh, we are not getting... John Cole from BCCS Sports, so we'll see. Maybe he'll contact me. Uh, he, we've got feelers out there, but if not, like I said, there's so much for me to go over, and I will get you a bunch of plays as well. Uh, he does have a special. I will say that BCCS Sports has a great special for all the listeners as far as SportsX Radio, and they have been well over 500 every week that they've been on the show. Last week, I think they finished 13-8, and eight, but they handicap all the sports and one of my buddies, Kenny Kelly's uh, one of the best hockey guys I know. And last night, I think on the ice, they were five and zero. And I want to say they're somewhere in the neighborhood of seventeen and six in hockey so far this season. So good stuff there. Uh, but if you go to BCCS Sports and you put in the uh, whatever package you pick, if you put in the promo halftime with a capital H. 
they'll know that's connected to SportsX Radio. And then you get a major break on the pricing. I think it's half off uh, of whatever package you decide to to choose. So, uh, again, BCCS Sports, and hopefully John Cole joins us. If not, like I said, we'll uh, we'll figure it out. But uh, the games that he's selling, he wouldn't be going over anyway. I picked out other games for him to go over, but I'll be going over some of these games anyway. And I've got my producer, Mark Oak, who's as big a college football guy as there is. So we'll uh, touch on some of those games that I was going to go over with John in just a little bit. Let me run down what's going on elsewhere as far as all the scores. Sixers beat the Pistons. How about minus eight and a half? They win it by eight, 114-106. So Detroit would actually have gotten the money. Total was 224 and a half. Game hits 220. Again, 114-106 the final. Hornets beat the Wizards. They were three-point dogs. They win it by seven, 124-117. How about this total? 240 and a half. What does it hit? 241. you got to be kidding me. Like, it's absolutely amazing how many times these totals come within a point, half point, whatever. This one within a half point, 124-117, the final Hornets win over the Wizards. Meanwhile, the Celtics minus 11.5. They close strong. They get the win in the cover, 121-107 over the Nets. That total was 229.5, and it hits 228. So the over falls a point and a half short. Celtics do get the win and the cover. T-Wolves lead the Spurs 100 to 86, 615 to go in the fourth quarter. T-Wolves of Minnesota go off a minus 7, 225 the total. Uh, they'll be hard-pressed, I think, to get there. 105-104, the Jazz and the Grizz. Good one going there in Memphis. 830 to go fourth quarter. Remember, Jazz were up by, what, 13-14 at the half. And uh, Memphis actually a five-point home favorite in the game. 8.30 to go in the fourth quarter. Totals 2.30 and a half. I'll take your over ticket if you got it. Uh, Pelicans lead the Rockets now 86-81, 8.05 to go in H-Town in the fourth quarter. And all Mavericks just burying the Clippers. Third quarter, Dallas 95, the Clippers 63. I mean, you talk about being a no-show for a game. My goodness. And the Clippers actually led that game 11-3 out of the gate. So since then, it's absolutely been woeful to say the least. Thunder and Kings, they're going to tip off in just a little bit. Thunder minus one and a half, 232 and a half on the road in Sacramento. Lakers and Suns, Suns holding steady as a two-point favorite. Now up to two and a half, a couple places. 225 is your total from the Westgate Superbook. And uh, then a bunch of the college basketball scores. I gave you a few of them. The big one of the night, though, Arizona winning at Duke, 78-73. That's a nice feather in the cap there for Tommy Lloyd out of the gate. I know it's early, but... Nonetheless, that's uh, still a nice win. VCU 75-65, they beat Sanford. Miami of Florida beat Central Florida 88-72, to so they cover the 10 that Canes do at home. NC State, no problem with the boys from Texas, Abilene Christian, who made the big dance uh, you know, just a little bit ago. 84-64, NC State wins it, laying 10.5, win it by 20. Cincinnati buried Detroit 93-61, minus 25, win it by 32. Minnesota beat UTSA 102-77, winning a cover there. Bama over Indiana State, beat Larry Bird's alma mater, the Sycamores, 96-76, covered the 18 by winning by 20. South Dakota, the Coyotes beat UT Rio Grande Valley 100-79. Harvard wins on the road at Rice 89-76, the final. Rice was actually an eight-point favorite in that game. Mississippi favored by 14 wins, but only by 11 over Eastern Washington. 75-64, Murray State beat Tennessee Tech by six, but they were favored by 13, so the racers don't get the money. Remember, they're in the Missouri Valley now. Uh, Illinois 
in Champaign playing Oakland's Golden Grizzlies, and the Grizz hang tough, only lose by 11, 64-53. The Illini link 24 in that one in Kansas. Just finished off the Jaspers of Manhattan, 99-61 at the Fog Island Fieldhouse. Win it by 38. They were minus 36.5, so you actually do get the cover, and the game does go over the 143. Northwestern leads Dayton 57-50. They're five-point favorites there in Evanston. We'll see how that one pans out. 130 was the total, 641 to go in the second half. Marquette 82-55, leading the boys from Lawrenceville, New Jersey. Ryder, the Bronx getting buried down by 27 with 740 to go. Butler 72-39 leads South Southeast Missouri State, Idaho State, and St. Thomas. They're over there in Minnesota. They're tied at 42 with 741 to go in the second half. Illinois, Chicago, the Flames, 68-51 lead Arkansas. Little Rock, Gonzaga at the half having trouble with Yale. They're favored 11. They lead Yale by 5, 47 to 42. Tennessee, a four-point lead at the Kohl Center in Wisconsin, 45-41. Second half just underway, three minutes in. BYU taking on San Diego State, lead the Aztecs, 33-30. to uh, two and a half minutes into the second half as well. Montana and Oregon, they're all tied up at 39 apiece with 1820 to go second half. Uh, Matthew Knight Arena up there in Eugene. Stanford, 55-43, leads Sac State, 1624 to go. Missouri, 33-26 at the half, leading Memphis. And Penny Hardaway's boys, they're minus three. Missouri is up by seven at the half, 33-26. Valpo, a two-point lead over IUPUI, 31-29 early second half. Colorado State leads Wright State by eight in Fort Collins. And that is 59-51, 16 minutes to go in South Carolina. The last one I'll get to you leads Virginia Tech 29-21 with 4.13 to go. There were some a uh, couple other writing games. Davidson beat Maryland, a surprise there, 11-point dogs. And uh, Steph Curry's alma mater gets the win. Wildcats 64-61 beat the Terps. And UAB leads Clemson 35-34, 3.35 to go first half. And uh, those games are in Asheville, North Carolina, those last two. So uh, get you... A lot of college basketball, a lot more than I thought I'd get you on a Friday football fiasco. Let me bring in uh, my good pal Mark Hoke. And Mark, uh, weigh in on the uh, Harbaugh situation. And, of course, you being a big Penn State fan, how much do you think that will affect Michigan? Because they started the season without Harbaugh. Uh, but this is now a big-time game. You're in the in the midst of uh, conference play, and this is as big a game as Michigan's had on their schedule. till now, we know they close at home with Ohio State but they can uh, ill afford to slip up here against Penn State with everything that's going on. Yeah, you know, Ken, I was trying to rationalize as a coach how you would not know that you had a guy that was passing, stealing signals and passing them to other coaches and so on, and I just couldn't come up with a way. I couldn't. Um, you know, so I'm I'm putting Harbaugh right in the bullseye on this. But uh, from everything I'm reading, he's definitely out for the rest of the regular season. We'll see, you know, if that continues. But it, I'm I'm sure it's going to be a major distraction for the guys. But you know, sometimes teams are like, "Wow, you know, you screwed us over. We're going to get out there." But you know, Harbaugh is a big factor. I, I mean, I still like Penn State to win the game, and I, you know, it may cost them a few points. But um, well, otherwise, yeah, it's not. I don't, I don't think it's going to make that much of a difference. You know, they they played a bunch of games without him early in the season, so they're ready for it. So you know, it's marginal. It should be a good game. It's a, it's an early kick there. Uh, I know it's not a whiteout, but I know those fans are chomping at the bit, and I would think you know, there's going to be uh, plenty of signage over there uh, in reference, all, although I, I was joking about it saying uh, plenty of signage unless uh, Harbaugh and Michigan steals them. They could. Uh, and then there there's won't be any signs. Got to watch those wolvies. There you go. They're but, bad, bad, bad but, uh, but But realistically, <laughs> I know you're a Penn State fan, but take that away. 
the spot to me is it's a good spot with everything going on with Michigan. But even prior to that, you know, we look at these three teams there in the eastern half of the Big Ten, Ohio State, Michigan, and Penn State, and you kind of look and this time of year, you just know home field advantage is, is just huge. And I know Penn State doesn't have a flashy offense. They've only completed, uh, I, I want to say, God, not, not even a ton of passes. I want to say 20 of them that are 20 yards or more on the season. But, uh, you know, they they haven't needed to really open things up. They did have some trouble moving the ball against Ohio State, but that was in Columbus, and that's against a, a darn good defense. I thought their defense played very well against Ohio State. Yeah, I mean, that's where Penn State's strength is this year. I'm I'm a little surprised the offense hasn't been as explosive as you would have expected. But, you know, once again, for Penn State, I, I think that's where another advantage that they have is that they got that game against Ohio State, and you you saw them play very tentatively on offense. You know, and then they opened it up more against Indiana, and then Maryland, just the floodgates went out. And I think they may have figured it out finally. Whereas Michigan, you know, hasn't really been tested all year. You know, this is the first time they're gonna they're gonna take a big hit, and you know, I I just think it's a really good spot for Penn State. I really do. Well, I'd be surprised if they lose the game. No, but I think it's gonna be a. I think this is Penn State's uh, gonna be Penn State's afternoon. All right, so we will see how it uh, all shakes out. But again, Michigan unbeaten. Penn State has the one loss to Ohio State, and if the Nittany Lions can get it done then uh, Ohio State will be in the driver's seat, but they still have to go to Ann Arbor. But a lot going on with the uh, Big Ten weighing in and Jim Harbaugh not supposed to be on the sidelines now for the Michigan Wolverines. And I think they were actually in transit to Pennsylvania when this ruling came down more. No, that's too bad because, man, the the motels at State Valley aren't the best. Or <laughs> Happy Valley, but no, seriously, yeah, that's going to be you know Harbaugh's going to be sitting in a hotel room somewhere, you know, maybe in a nice lounge. Maybe he could go over the creamery. That'd be give him a good place for him to watch the game. You know, have some have that great ice cream, kick back and relax. Man, that's not bad. And then if they win, you know, then he's you know just grabs ice cream cones for all the boys. There you go, and get the heck out of there. You don't want to be anywhere <laughs> by there if Michigan beats Penn State out there hanging out in Happy Valley. All right, uh, let me uh, get some of these injuries out there, uh, update some of these that may have an effect as far as these games tomorrow. Now, you heard Brad Powers talk about Boise State, Eric McAllister, their leading wide receiver, that walked away from the team, had 47 receptions, 873, and five touchdowns. He's gone. Uh, Sela looks like he's going to be out for Boston College, one of their starting defensive ends. Robichaud, though, the uh, running back, he is probable now, as is running back for Clemson, Will Shipley. Shipley missed last game for Clemson, but Moffa stepped up big time in that win for uh, the Tigers last week against Notre Dame. Coastal Carolina, both McCall and Guest are out, so Ethan, or Ethan uh, Vasco, Ethan Vasco uh, looks like he will run the show for the Chanticleers. He led that game-winning drive against Old Dominion last week, and this kid can run the ball. Uh, he can... He can throw it okay, but he can really pick him up, put him down. Duke uh, Bellin, the quarterback, is still questionable for this one. If he can't go, then Grayson Loftus will go for Duke. Remember, they're at North Carolina, and they're big underdogs in that game. Uh, Florida, of course, playing the rest of the year without their leading tackler, Shamar Jones, who uh, blew out the knee. Florida State, Johnny Wilson, looks like he'll go. I don't know on Keon Coleman. He's still listed as questionable, uh, but I'm 
from what I heard from Brad Powers, he thinks both those wide receivers will go for Florida State tomorrow against Miami. And then you heard Megalock saying that Brock Bowers was running and, of course, coming off the ankle injury. Uh, could be on, as we say, a pitch count to see how many plays he does play there for Kirby Smart's team. Uh, also, uh, Dumas Johnson, he is out inside linebacker for the Dogs. Uh, Houston, Manjack the fourth, he is back. A uh, good, solid wide receiver, their second leading receiver, but their third leading receiver for the Cougs, Matthew Golden, is questionable with a foot injury. For Illinois, Altmeyer questionable, but we saw John Paddock step in and lead them to a game-winning drive last week. Uh, also, they may get running back Reggie Love back as well for the Illini. For Indiana in that game, Camp Camper, he is out. He's their second leading receiver for the Hoosiers out for the year now as uh, he's having surgery. James Madison, Jalen Green, if you missed it and hadn't paid attention to the Dukes, are still unbeaten. Jalen Green, 15 and a half sacks, 50 tackles for a defensive end. The guy's special, no question. Uh, but he is out for the year for Kentucky. Told you the quarterback, Leary, was questionable with his eye. Uh, if he can't go, Sharon will have to go. Uh, the backup quarterback, he's only thrown four passes this year for five yards. That won't be good for Kentucky. For LSU, not good in the backfield. Jaden Daniels looks like he's cleared to play quarterback, but Logan Diggs, the running back, is doubtful to play. 635 and six touchdowns. He's the Bayou Bengals' leading rusher. Of course, they had their bubble burst last week by Alabama. Memphis quarterback Seth Hennigan now listed as probable with that upper body injury. Uh, meanwhile, Rodgers and Marks for Mississippi State, the quarterback and running back, both have missed the last few games. Uh, they are both still listed as questionable. Talked about Missouri. Uh, Luther Burden III, he is questionable uh, with the, what does it say? It just says undisclosed. A lot of these, they don't ever let you know what the injury actually is. Sometimes they'll put upper body, lower body, but uh, most of them don't specify the exact body part. Combs for New Mexico uh, could be back. He's our number two tackler. He's missed the last three games, but it looks like he may be back for the Lobos. That would be big because they need all the defensive help they can get. Marcus Major for Oklahoma. He's missed the last two games with a shoulder injury. He could be back as well for the Sooners. Uh, Callaway for ODU, their running back, missed last game. He is questionable. Uh, he is their leading rusher, and, of course, Megalox on Old Dominion. Bucky Irving talked about it, questionable. That would be a big loss for the Ducks. Again, they still have Jordan James. But those two guys are a one-two tandem that's pretty darn good, and that would put a lot of pressure on James against Southern Cal Dotson Stadium. Rice, JT Daniels, is doubtful, and Brad Power saying it looks like he'll miss. That would mean either A.J. Padgett or Chase Perkins would quarterback, and those two guys for Rice have only thrown 27 passes for 141 yards, a touchdown, and an interception. South Alabama, the Jaguars, Carter Bradley missed last, last game. Uh, but he is questionable still. Gio Lopez, the backup, would play if Bradley can't go. And uh, that'll look at some of the injuries. Marshawn Lloyd, like I said, for USC is probable. Syracuse, their quarterback, Garrett Schrader, probable now. Uh, Tennessee, talked about it earlier with Megalox. Jabari Small, running back, is probable now. Uh, the number two back, so he'll be back there with Jalen Wright. Good tandem. Texas, their starting quarterback, Quinn Ewers, is back off the shoulder injury. That is huge for the Longhorns. A&M, Max Johnson, got banged up last week in that game and uh, was able to come in and uh, or was able to come back and practice this week. He left the game against Ole Miss last week. Tulsa, Cardell Williams, uh, they need him. He's questionable. If he doesn't play, I already think they're going to get crushed anyway by UTSA, but if he doesn't play, that means either 
Braxton or Fuller would have to quarterback, and that's a major drop-off for the Golden Hurricane. UCLA, both their quarterbacks uh, could go. Dante Moore is probable. Ethan Garber still listed as questionable. We talked about Jaquindon Jackson for Utah as being questionable. That'll put a lot of pressure on Glover and Vaki there in the backfield. Sione Vaki, the strong safety, would chip in. Uh, Wazoo, Lincoln Victor, their second-leading wide receiver, is questionable as well. And then West Virginia, They've got a, a game against Oklahoma. Hudson Clement, their uh, number two receiver, missed last game, and he is questionable. And then for Wisconsin, both their starting running back, Braylon Allen, and their top wide receiver, Chimari DK, are both listed as questionable. So that I look at the injuries around college football. Uh, take a break, come back, keep things rolling. I'm going to get you uh, caught up on some of the weather, and I'll update the lines, and then I'm going to give you KT's plays and maybe throw a game or two with my good buddy Mark Hoke. Uh, normally at this time we have John Cole, BCCS Sports, uh, but we have not connected with him now. Uh, we do have Sis, uh, John Sisler. He will close out from Sisler Collegiate. Uh, Sisau, 77, you can follow him on X. And uh, even though John Cole is not on, the special is there. BCCS Sports, get over there. Uh, they have uh, their their service has really. I, I want to say about twenty seven games over five hundred since the beginning of uh, you know their appearances here in mid September on SportsX Radio. Friday football fiasco. We keep things rolling. One hundred one point five FMK Dawn streaming live on that Odyssey app. You're listening to Ken Thompson with producer Mark Hoke. We'll be right back live from Vegas. Marley, one of my favorite places, Jamaica. I really enjoyed myself there, and uh, hopefully going back there next year. Uh, good times. Me and my wife, Christina, really enjoy there. Friday football fiasco, John Cole, BCCS Sports, not with us normally here in this segment. Sisau will close things up uh, next segment, but got a lot to get to as far as uh, college football. I will update that SMU leads North Texas now 17-14, so the Mean Green fight back after falling down 10, still 6.30 to go in the second quarter. And again, about 17, 20 minutes away from UNLV kicking off against Wyoming. Uh, Rebs minus 3, 48.5, and they were minus 5.5, up to 6 some places. And then all of a sudden, earlier today, that line shot down to minus 3 everywhere in the Vegas Valley. So uh, that was the whole thing, just trying to find out, okay, who's hurt, what does somebody know that we don't know? You know, you're trying to find out. So, you know, when something like that happens, when you see a major drop like that, that is a lot of money uh, to go to all the different sports books and drop that quickly all at the same time. So somebody knows something. And so FYI, we just say, you know what? Stay away, you know, when in doubt. Uh, you know, to me, it makes no sense. I mean, I, I know Wyoming's a good team, and people look at – uh, the Reb schedule and say, well, look, they haven't beaten anybody with a winning record. And so I, I get that, but you're beating who's on your schedule. And that's the whole thing. The Mountain West, that's who you're pe- playing right now. It, it's a Wyoming team that, you know, finds ways to win games too. Remember that opener against Texas Tech in Laramie? I mean, they were getting beat 17 nothing. They weren't even in the game. And there's a couple other games that they've had like that where if you look at the statistics, you'd never think that Wyoming would have won that game. But they've done that, I want to say, three times this year where they've been badly out 
gained as far as all the statistics, but they found ways to win those games. And that's, you know, that's a sign of a really solid coach and a good program. And again, Craig Bowles has been there for a long time and does find ways to win with less talent. Uh, that team's very opportunistic, and that's one this year, uh, no exception. So we will see what happens, but I'm looking forward to getting over to Allegiant Stadium and watching the uh, the Rebs keeping things going under first-year head coach Barry Odom, who's doing a bang-up job. Now, uh, Brad Powers and I, uh, let me see, I have Iowa minus one against Brad. He's got Rutgers. I just thought Rutgers off the – because I, Iowa, I, it's hard to bet on a team where, you know, uh, you know, there's a reason this total is so low. And it was down to – it started at 32. It was down to 28. It's down to 27.5. So I'm going to play it over. And the only reason I'm going to play it over, because I know both offenses are not great, but, but I need four touchdowns, one touchdown each 15 minutes to get that game over the total. I'll take a shot. Stupid things can happen. A pick six, a fumble return, uh, you know, a guy fumbling a punt, like just crazy stuff like that could happen. We'll see. I'm going to take Iowa and the over in that game. I did take Tulane against Brad as far as he's got Tulsa, and then I took Kansas. He's got Texas Tech. In the NFL, he took Green Bay. I took Pittsburgh at home minus the field goal. And it's hard to lay points with the Steelers, but I just think T.J. Watt's going to get to Jordan Love. We'll wait and see how that all pans out. Uh, Other games that I have uh, for tomorrow on my card, I'm taking Miami of Florida. I took them plus 14.5 against Florida State. Ole Miss, I got at 11. It's down to 10.5 right now in between the hedges against Georgia. I took uh, took Penn State plus the 4.5. Took Kansas. Uh, I actually laid three, but it's three and a half. So I'll, I'll say I have to, if I'm giving them to you, I'm giving them to you with what the line is now. So I, I would still lay it there with Kansas. Uh, over, I told you, in the Iowa game. And uh, that's 27 and a half right now is what you can get. It's all over town. Uh, just need four touchdowns. I know. You look up, the game will be three to three in the third quarter going, KT, what are you doing? Uh, Cal, I took Cal. And uh, now Megalux has me on the over in that game against Wazoo. But I took Cal minus one. It's up to two. But I think Cal covers, wins by a field goal. Uh, USC plus 16, going to take a shot on the Trojans against Oregon. Not that I don't think Oregon's a better team. I expect the Ducks to win the game at Autzen Stadium, but I expect USC and Lincoln Riley to have enough pride to get out there and score points. Uh, you know, again, remember Oregon, it was early on, but they had all hands on deck and they were losing at Texas Tech literally till about a, a little over a minute to go. And they end up winning that game by eight. And nobody really talks about it because they did get the win and the cover. If it had ended 31 30, which it was, which is what it was before the fluky pick six. Uh, people would still be pointing to that game. So, you know, I, and I, look, I'm a big fan of Bo Nix. I like him a lot. And I know uh, between him and Penix Jr., both those guys have a, a shot to win the Heisman if they don't lose anymore. Washington, maybe they can have one loss. Oregon can't afford to lose at all because they have the one loss already to Washington. So, you know what? It's not out of the realm of possibility that SC can go in there and beat Oregon. Now, it is Autzen Stadium, and people remember what Oregon did to Colorado, right? But Colorado is not, you know, they're a young team and they were sky high and, you know, beating Nebraska and beating TCU. And then you go to Autzen Stadium and they just got pummeled, right? So that's what people remember. But Autzen Stadium is one of the best home field advantages and their fan base is outstanding. So I do expect Oregon to win the game probably by 10 points, but I'll take the 16. Arkansas I've got as well. Uh, let me see what that line is. It was under a field goal. 
Arkansas, and uh, scrolling down, boy, you start scrolling down. There they are against Auburn. They're minus two and a half. So I'd still lay that right there. Uh, I, I think K.J. Jefferson will run the ball a little bit more. Uh, I took Syracuse as well. I know they've dropped five in a row, but I took them against Pittsburgh, and they are plus three at home. And then Tulane, talked about that one. Uh, San Jose State, though, was my favorite play. And San Jose State is still minus two and a half. That's game 228 against Fresno State. Uh, but I took them plus points early in the week. So those are the games KT took. And uh, let me see. Uh, streak-wise, I gave these out last night. But for you folks that may have missed it, uh, teams that have won against the spread, five is the top. Oklahoma State, New Mexico State, Troy, and Arizona have all won five straight against the spread. Uh, Coastal Carolina, San Jose State have won their last four. As far as losing, I hope this doesn't continue, but USC has dropped seven straight against the spread. Marshall has dropped six in a row against the number. Syracuse, five straight. And then Tulsa, Louisiana Tech, Sam Houston State, and Maryland have all dropped four straight against the spread. As far as overs, the over-under, they'll give you a total. You can either bet that total to go over the number or under the number. LSU, nine straight LSU games have gone over the total. So whatever they put out there, those two teams are scoring more than what's been put up. USC games, seven straight games that USC has been involved in have gone over the total. New Mexico, six straight games. Florida, five straight and four straight as far as California. As far as unders, Troy, the Trojans, seven straight games for Troy have gone under the total. Four straight for Iowa and New Mexico State have gone under the total. And again, it is a, uh, we talked about the total, how low it was last week with Army and Air Force, right? Started out at, at 32, and I think I bet down to 30 and a half. And then, you know, it opened at 32, I think, this week with Rutgers and Iowa, and it's down to 27 and a half. My goodness, we will see what happens. But no bad weather there. So, you know, I mean, look, if you can't get a touchdown in each quarter, you got to give the people their money back. Uh, but, again, those teams are defensive-oriented. Look, Rutgers' defense played really well against Ohio State, and uh, they had that 9-7 lead, and I had no problem with Shiano going for field goals. Sometimes, you know, you want to go roll the dice, fourth and one, fourth and two, you're inside the 10-yard line, and analytics people, oh, yeah, go for it, go for it, everybody go for it. And then at the end of the game, how many times do you hear, you know, if this team would have kicked the field goal back in the third quarter, they'd have a chance to win this game right now, you know? Uh Maybe the, they have a they have to get the touchdown now just to you know win the game. So we see that stuff happen all the time. But uh, let me run down some of these lines here as far as for the games and still seventeen fourteen SMU three thirty to go in the first half leading North Texas East Carolina Florida Atlantic Florida Atlantic's minus seven and a half forty four and a half Kentucky and Alabama uh, using the Westgate Superbook lines Bama minus eleven forty six and a half. Florida State minus 14 even. Now, 14, 50 and a half, 5 50 and a half is the total there from Tallahassee. South Carolina minus 13 and a half at home in uh, Columbia against Vanderbilt, 56 and a half your total. North Carolina minus 12 and a half at home. Chapel Hill, 50 and a half the total against Duke. Boston College is an underdog at home to Virginia Tech. Vodtech minus 1 and a half, 49 your total. NC State, a two-point road favorite in Winston-Salem over Wake Forest, 42.5, your total there. Clemson, minus 14.55, your total at home against Georgia Tech. James Madison, undefeated James Madison. The Dukes, minus 25.48.5 against Connecticut. Central Florida at home. Oklahoma State, Gundy's boys, are two-and-a-half-point road favorite. 65.5 is your total. Georgia, now at 10.5, 58.5 against Ole Miss. 
Purdue is catching a point and a half at home from Minnesota. 48 is the total. Hard to lay points with Minnesota. Uh, Charlotte at home, they're 10.5 point underdogs against Memphis, 51.5 your total. Michigan, 4.5 favored at Penn State, 45 your total. Temple at South Florida, South Florida minus 7, 69. Texas State minus 2 at Coastal Carolina, 57 your total. Appalachian State, they're at Georgia State. Georgia State's minus 2.5, 62 the total. That's another one I, I, I like as well, Georgia State. So you can add that to uh, my games, Georgia State over Appalachian State minus the 2.5. Georgia Southern's minus one and a half at Marshall. Remember, Marshall's lost six in a row against the number. 56 and a half is the total. Kansas, three and a half point favorites at home against Texas Tech. Wisconsin, 11 and a uh, 62 year total there in that Kansas game. Wisconsin minus 11 and a half, 42 and a half against Northwestern. Iowa Rutgers, there it is. Iowa now minus one and a half, 27 and a half year total. Liberty, 13 and a half, 59 year total against ODU. Boise State. Minus 27.5 on the Smurf turf, 60.5 the total against New Mexico. Arizona in Boulder to take on Deion Sanders. Minus 10, Arizona on the road. Jed Fish doing an incredible job there with the Cats. 54.5 your total. BYU at home playing Iowa State. Iowa State minus 7.5 on the road, 41.5. Their first trip to Provo. Uh, Utah State minus 16.5 against Nevada. The Wolfpack coming into Logan, 56 your total there. Washington State Cal talked about Cal now a two point favorite, 59.5 your total. Washington minus 9, 49.5 is your total there from Seattle. And again, you're going to have rain there throughout the game, and that could uh, definitely help Utah if they don't fumble the ball. But the wind's going to be up there as well, over 20 miles an hour. UCLA minus 17, 44 and a half from Pasadena. Oregon State minus 21 in Corvallis against Stanford, 52 year total there. Sam Houston State's at La Tech in Ruston. Louisiana Tech minus seven and a half, 49 your total. Oregon minus 16, total 77 against USC at Autzen Stadium. Kansas State minus 21, 55 your total against Baylor at home at the Little Apple. Texas San Antonio minus 13 and a half against Rice, 57 your total there. Illinois minus six and a half at home against Indiana, 44 the total. Troy minus 21 and a half against UL Monroe, 45 and a half. Tennessee a two and a half point favorite at Missouri, 58 and a half. Arkansas two and a half, 49 and a half against Auburn. LSU minus 14 and a half, 67 year total against Florida, Oklahoma, an 11 and a half point favorite in Norman against West Virginia, 60 is the total in that game. Texas minus 12 and a half, 55 year total against TCU, that game in Fort Worth. A&M at College Station, minus 17.5, 42.5 your total against Mississippi State. It is Houston, minus 2.5, 53.5 against Cincinnati. Tulane, 24, 53.5 your total against Tulsa. New Mexico State's at Western Kentucky. Western Kentucky, minus 4.5, 54 your total. Syracuse at home, they're three-point underdogs at home, 37.5 the total against Pitt. Navy at home in Annapolis playing UAB. Trent Dilfer in his first year there with UAB. UAB minus 2.5, 54 the total. Maryland is a two-point road favorite at Nebraska. 43.5 is your total in that game from Lincoln. Middle Tennessee State minus 10.5. The Blue Raiders are against Florida International. 52.5 the total there. South Alabama minus 13.5, 55 the total against Arkansas State. Colorado State in Fort Collins minus 3.5 against San Diego State. Total of 47 there. Ohio State minus 31.5 against Michigan State, 47 the total. San Jose State, as I told you, now a 2.5 point home favorite against Fresno State, 53.5 your total in the last game. That'll tip off at, or kickoff, I should say, at 8 o'clock Pacific time. It is Hawaii and Air Force, and Air Force coming off the loss against Army. They're minus 19.5, 47.5 is your total. So that is a look at all the lines. Take a break. Come back with my good buddy, 
John Sasowski, Sisler Collegiate. And again, uh, we'll keep you updated on John Cole, BCCS Sports. We'll have him back next week. But John Cole, of course, has that special. Go to BCCS Sports, put in the code HALFTIME with the capital H, and whatever package you choose, you will get for half price. SportsX Radio 101.5 FMK Dawn, streaming live on the Odyssey app. Mark Hoke producing. Do not forget the Mark Hoke Show coming up Sunday morning, the best in professional wrestling, 8 a.m. to 10 a.m., and we both stream live on the Odyssey app, live from Vegas. We'll be right back to wrap things up on a Friday football fiasco. She sits on the dock of fishing in the water, uh-huh. I don't know her name, she's a fisherman's daughter, uh-huh. Come on down in my boat, baby. Come on down where we can play. Come on down in my boat, baby. Come on down. I'll tell you, sometimes Mark Oak, man. He finds songs that I've never even heard of, man. I've never heard that song, Mark Hoke. Every mother's son, come on down to my boat. Where'd you find that? Is that like a a Happy Valley? Or no, that's a North Dakota State uh, frat song or something. No. No, actually, you know where I, I, I heard that song? No. Pile of singles that my mom had. And it that was one of them that was in there. And then I'm just like looking for some music tonight and saw that. I was like, oh, come on down to my boat. Put All that. Right. Put that 45 on the little record player, you know? There you go. All right. Good stuff. Bringing back some childhood memories. Uh, Mavericks lead the Clips now by 18 with six minutes to go, 126-108. That game going over the total. Kings up 17 on the Thunder. I was wondering why they were one-and-a-half-point home dogs, but uh, still early there, second quarter against OKC. And the Suns lead the Lakers 34-25 after the first quarter. And Hoekster, real quick, what would you tell me about the Lakers? The Lakers, after the first eight games of their season, seven of those games, they were behind by double digits after the first quarter, and they had set an NBA record for negative point differential for the first eight games at minus 74, and they almost went down double digits again in this one. It ended up they lost the first quarter by nine to Phoenix. So that record will probably continue, Ken Thompson, as the uh, Lakers can't seem to get off to a good start. All right, going to get with Sisal in just a sec, but do not forget about the Preventative Diagnostic Center. Write the number down now. You know the 702 for Vegas, 534-7900, 534-7900. Dr. John Pearson Company, we've got the only scanner of its kind in the region. It gives you early detection before signs and symptoms of more than two dozen ailments like heart disease, lung disease. If you give a call now, leave your name and number, they'll get back to you with that free educational consultation, 534-7900. Make sure you tell them Ken Thompson, SportsX Radio, sent you. And a comfortable scan takes just a few minutes. A few days later, you get a detailed report from a board-certified radiologist. The heart CT scan and calcium score special is phenomenal. It is unreal. Again, demographically, you've got to be age-wise between 40 and 72. But the heart CT scan and calcium score, 125 for a $600 value. Your significant other, absolutely free. So the two of you get in there, $1,200 value, total of $125. Check out your hearts. Make sure those arteries aren't clogging up. Early detection is key. Get peace of mind. Take charge of your health. Preventative Diagnostic Center, 534-7900, pdcenterlv.com, pdcenterlv.com. That's the website. You'll see the scanner, some other FYI questions, and uh, it is outstanding. And both myself, my wife, and a lot of people I've sent 
to go see Dr. John Pierce in the Preventative Diagnostic Center. All right, we're going to close strong with three big games from Sisau. My good buddy, Jonathan Sisowski, who's having a great time here on the Friday Football Fiasco, closing things up and making people money. Sisau, great to have you in that first game, one of these rivalries that I've been watching for a long time. And uh, it's got Florida State right now minus 14.5 at the Westgate Superbook, 50.5 against Miami of Florida and Mario Cristobal in his second year. Boy, he could really salvage his season if he can get a W over Florida State. What do you got for me? I'll tell you what, though, Ken. Happy Friday. Rebels are playing right now. They've just forced a three and out real quick. I'll throw that in there. Uh, Right now, yeah, you mentioned Mr. Mario Cristobal coaching a Jekyll and Hyde Miami Hurricane team. Every time they're in these underdog spots, they play their best football. When they're favored, they basically lay an egg just Look at the game against Georgia Tech and look at the game last week against NC State. This is an inflated line. This is a rivalry. This is, as you know, this is wide right, you know, wide left, you name it. It's come down to a field goal. An inflated line. I like the Hurricanes in this game getting the 14-and-a-half in this underdog spot. And the one thing that concerns me too, Ken, about Florida State, complacency. They've already clinched the bir- their uh, ACC title berth right now. So motivation in this game, yes, you're playing Miami. But you're going to get the Hurricanes' best shot over here. Miami's got a top 30 offense in the FBS right now. They, they run it well with Henry Parrish. And the Seminoles' rush defense have been showing a little cracks of late. They've been giving up close to 100 yards in their last two games. Florida State, it's going to be a dogfight in, in this one. And I'm anticipating a lot of points being scored. So here's a double pick for you. Miami, take the 14.5 and take the over 50. How the, how, let's do that. All right, you got it. So a double play there. Take Miami plus the 14 and a half. It's actually 50 and a half right now, but still take the over there. A double play for Sisau out of the gate. All right, next game on the docket, Alabama-Kentucky. Bama minus 11, 46 and a half. Where are you going on this one from Lexington? Alabama right now, Ken, they're a dangerous team. I mean, you talk about balance on offense, the Ascension of Jalen Milrow, 13 passing touchdowns, 19 rushing touchdowns for this uh, Alabama offense. You talk about balance all the way through the last couple of weeks, comfort zone. And Kentucky has a hard time protecting uh, Devin Leary. They have a dominant running back in Ray Davis. But against the Alabama defense, you better protect Leary because Alabama's QB pressures have been one of the highest in the FBS the last four games. Uh, Kentucky has struggled against elite QBs with uh, Carson Beck and Milton uh, in their, in three of the last four losses. Uh, I do like the tide in this game, laying the points with the way this team has just been trending in an impressive performance against LSU last week. I'm taking the tide, minus 10.5 to cover. I'm looking at likely a 31-19 game I'm looking at right now. All right, so Kentucky, I just want to tell you, I mean, this, yeah, this, is, this is crazy, though. If you looked at just these stats, Kentucky has 23 sacks, four. They've given up only 13. Alabama, like you said, they have 29 sacks, but they've given up 37. That is unreal. Yeah, that too. Yeah, uh, yeah. I forgot to mention that. Yes, protecting QB protection this game is going to be it vital in this one. But uh, I'm just I'm leaning towards Alabama the way they've been trending. Their second half performance against LSU last week really stuck out at me, and I 
believe that's going to carry over down Lexington. Yeah, I really think the only way Kentucky can win this game is forcing turnovers, getting some blindside hits on yes. Milrow and, and causing some turnovers. So we'll see yeah. if they – but you know what? Uh, you talked about Bama's pressure being better of late, and their protection has been better of late, and Milrow has been getting out of trouble. He's not standing there and just holding on to the ball right. too long. So Better feel in the pocket for sure, QB awareness. All right, the biggest game of the uh, day, and now we know that Harbaugh should not be on the sidelines unless they get some type of Saturday morning injunction or something. I don't know, but it looks like the Big, the big Ten is weighed in. Uh, Mark Hoke, my producer, of course, he's a big Nittany Lions fan. Michigan minus four and a half at Penn State. Where are you going on this one, Sissow? Uh, Mark's going to hate me for this. I, I really want to take Penn State here, but let's look at their track record this year against good defensive teams. Penn State can't move the ball on the on the edge as far as the receivers creating separation. You got to do that against Michigan here, and Michigan right now, yeah, they're without Harbaugh, but they're coming in. They got the target on their back. Us versus the world. The line is four and a half. Last time I checked, hostile environment. But Michigan has been in these types of games before. Uh, even the experience, the offensive line is one of the best in the country as far as protecting J.J. McCarthy. They can offset this front seven for Penn State. I'm leaning the Wolverines here. People are going to be wanting to take in Penn State because simply for the fact they just dislike Harbaugh and, and this little cheating scandal taking place. But I, I'm leaning Wolverines in here, laying the four and a half, close game throughout. But I do see the Wolverines pulling out that running game in the end with Edwards and Corum and uh, covering the spread uh, midway through the fourth quarter. All right, so Sissow, listen, i got 45 seconds. Raiders Sunday night against the Jets. The Jets have actually gotten money. They're minus one now all across town here in Vegas, 36.5 the total. Who do you like? Give me the Raiders. I like the momentum. Uh, Zach Wilson, Every we've seen it. Mark has seen it. Everyone in your studio has seen it. Zach Wilson continues to make the same mistakes over and over again under center. And you just can't trust a quarterback like that. We gotta like what we see from Aiden O'Connell as far as vertically stretching the ball. Give me the Raiders uh, to go on that two-game winning streak. For Antonio Pearson, slowly can creeping back into that wild card picture in the AFC. Don't look now. There you go. Great stuff, Sisal. I appreciate you, man. Closing things up on a Friday football fiasco, my man. You have a wonderful weekend and keep up the good work, man. Because you're well over 500 on this show. Oh, we try. Hey, can we? We always try hard, man. We always try hard to be over the Mendoza line. You know. That's how we do it. That's how we all operate. There you go. That's all we ask is that you put in the effort and you've done it, and the uh, success has been great on the Friday football fiasco. John Sasowski, appreciate you, buddy. We'll talk to you next week. Take care, Ken. Great stuff from John Sasowski at Sisow, C-I-S-O-W-77. Follow him on X that way, and that'll do it for a Friday football fiasco. Thanks to my producer, Mark Hoke. Sorry we missed John Cole, but appreciate Megalox, Chris Warinsky starting things off, and then Sisow closing things up, and you, the listeners, as well. That'll, uh, yeah, let me see. Yeah, I got about 40 seconds to go. So UNLV, uh, Wyoming, I'm going to get the archives up and jam over to Legion Stadium. Folks, enjoy yourself. Be safe over the weekend. Hope all your games turn out well, but uh, you know the rules. No drinking and driving, no texting and driving. Most of all, God bless our troops. God bless you. Live from Vegas, SportsX Radio, 101.5 FM Dawn. We stream live on that Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y. Download it now. But have a great weekend. Enjoy each other. Enjoy family, friends, and football. God bless, folks. We'll talk to you next week. Have an outstanding weekend. Good night, everybody.